before we get started with the preaching, uh, we have our, this is the last Sunday of Faith, Promise, Encouragement Month. <laughs> we'll look at it as an encouragement month. We have one last testimony that uh, would like to be shared. And so I'm going to ask Miss Frances to start making her way up here. And uh, she has volunteered. And she said, Brother Michael, if you will help me up the stage, I said, I'll be glad to. I'd like to make it clear. I volunteered after Brother Michael asked me if I would. <laughs> but I, I, and I am proud. I am proud to get up and speak because, you know what, uh, I thank God that I have something to give, don't you? Do you know what? I can remember when I was a child, uh, my parents told me, that uh, it was so bad, money was so scarce that they ha- they had a pastor that they agreed to pay three hundred dollars a year uh, for to, to pastor the church, and that the church could not pay him three hundred dollars per year. They not that they didn't support him, but they supported him through vegetables and and meat and you know everything they could. They helped him. They did feed him, and, but they had no money. But I've got money to give. And you know what? The Bible teaches us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then when you think about the Bible characters that, like Abraham, for example, God just patted him on the back when he was in the earth of Chaldeans and said, go into the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. He didn't even know where he was going. But he struck out on faith. And, and that's what we should do. Does it give you great pleasure when you hear the report of the missionaries and people have been saved? And you know what? Not only does it give us pleasure, but we're going to get rewards for having supported those missionaries. You know, it's just uh, whenever we support missionaries and people are saved, well, we get rewards for that as well. And when you stand in the front at the judgment seat of Christ and receive rewards for things that you have done, it's going to make us really happy. In fact, I hope the Promised Land Church is uh, is in the bride of Christ, don't you? I hope that we're so faithful. And if there's one thing that God told us to do that that's above all others is to carry the gospel to the, all the known world. And even before our church. Uh, started doing Faith Promise Missions. I have, uh, Mary Crane has told me about their church was doing Faith Promise and how that they were sending missionaries. Just And they send Bibles all over the world. And they're just doing a lot of things for the Lord. And, and, uh, and I was just glad when our church, you know, was going to adopt that program of doing Faith Promise Missions. Now, I'll have to admit that uh, <laughs> what the what, what money I give is... Uh, it's not as much as what you give. Because I live on a, on a fixed income. But you know what? God rewards people on percentages. How do we know that? Do you remember that, that, that when Jesus was standing in the temple watching what people give? Now, I want to I wanna, uh, I tell you something. There is a difference in giving into the service of the Lord. And it is in giving to uh, what they called it alms during the Bible days. And whenever you give something to help somebody and you ever tell it, that's the only reward you're going to get. But now you can tell I give into the service of the Lord 
And it's not sin. How do we know it? Well, Jesus did it. Do you remember when he was standing on the Temple Mount uh, and they had an offering box? And this lady came by. She gave three, she gave less than a penny. But that's all she had. She, she was a poor lady. And there was people there that was giving a lot. And, and I'm telling you, I imagine when these rich guys would come in, they'd hold their money up and they'd let it clink down in the offering box. And this uh, real poor lady came by and just put in just less than a penny. And the Lord said she'd gave, she had given more than the rich person did because she gave of what she had. Do you know what? And when we give of what we have to the service of the Lord, that's all He expects us to give, isn't it? It doesn't have to be. As, as, uh, I don't have to give as much as what you have given, yeah, that you give, but I thank the Lord that I have, I have the privilege of giving. Do you thank God that you just have the privilege that you can give into the service of God? And that uh, you can just say, well, if the Lord will give me the money, I'm going to give it. I have experienced, y'all. I have not failed. I'm not had, but I have not failed in having it to give. It's amazing to me. If did you know God wants to give? He wants us to give. If we give what we have according to, and it can be on a percentage-wise. I'm telling you, some of you can give a lot of money, but I don't give a lot of money. But I guarantee you, that it's pleasing to God with what you give, because you don't have to give a lot to please God. If you give it on a percentage of what you've given. And if you give 10% of what you have given in the service of the Lord, then the rest of it is gifts that you give up above that. You, uh, God is not going to let you go hungry. It's amazing to me that I have never needed anything that God had not, has not supplied. And He will supply it through the most unusual me- me- methods. Have you ever had in need of something and you ask God for it? I remember one time I got a, I got a letter. I was... Uh, uh, having a lot of financial troubles with sickness. And I got a, a letter, and it said uh, something like this. Take and use this in Jesus' name. You need not know from whence it came. And there was no name, no name signed. It was just that little note with the money. And from just the most unusual ways, God will supply your needs. If you do what He says you to do, He's going to supply your needs. And you cannot outgive God. And whenever we uh, say, I will give, if God will give it to me, above your what you've been given, He always gives it. He always has it there to give. And I am so thankful, aren't you, that we have the privilege of giving and not only that, but our, our, our thank, faith promise missions are used to carry the gospel to the world. And that's what we're supposed to do. Thank you for your time. I'm very thankful for you and your testimony. I just hate that you're so shy. Shy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know. I'm, I appreciate you sharing your heart, and that's amazing. That's and that's and we're not applauding you or thanking you for sharing your heart, and that's and I know that's what you have wanted. Yes, ma'am. I mean, yes, ma'am. Yeah, hang on to me. Well, that was just as good as any special. I tell you what, that was a treat. Thank you. 
uh, for sharing your heart. And yes, and I know you'd want us not to applaud you, but more or less to thank you uh, for your example through the years, Sister Frances. And, and she has shared stories with me before of God just being there for her. And, and like you say, you, sometimes you would say, well, I wish I could do more. But God knows exactly the motive of your heart. And uh, that, that's it. It's not about amounts. God, God takes care of the, the amounts are not important to God. God is more interested in your heart than uh, a, a, a dollar or anything. He's, he, he doesn't care about dollar. He's got a lot of, he's got all this kind of, he just wants us to, to share our heart. To share our heart. And the rest just happens. It comes. In Genesis chapter 12, you may already uh, be over there. And we've got a lot of uh, great stuff to share with you this morning. Uh, If you have your place in the Bible open, go ahead and stand with me for the reading of God's Word. And how important it is. And again... I know Trey and I thank you so much for your prayers and appreciation. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for everybody that is here this morning. Thank you for blessing us. You give to us really so much, even in spite of our own failures, our own shortcomings. You have helped us so much. Thank you for that. Bless our church. In Jesus' name, amen. You you may be seated. A quick note uh, before I get rolling. I meant to make mention of it earlier. And with everything happening, uh, uh, neglected to. And that is, we do have our new assistive listening system in. And matter of fact, uh, we have one individual taking advantage of it this morning. And if you would, if you know of somebody that would like to, uh, most of the time we just need people to step up to a microphone and step up closer. But uh, and it's really great work. I was listening to it. It sounded really well, really great and awesome. So, uh, but it's back there. It looks like a, a little Walkman. It's shaped just like my lapel, except you uh, put your he- uh, earphone in, and uh, you can listen and you can hear it right over anything that comes out of the PA system. So it's really, really great, and I'm glad that we have that. It even came with a uh, a little. Label and we put it on our sound booth that for whether somebody comes to a funeral or anything, that we have that available for anybody who needs it. And uh, so any of the singing, the preaching, and anything that goes over the sound system is uh, on there or come through there. So it's a really great uh, tool to have. Uh, <clears throat> it was mentioned about the blessing of faith and looking at uh, Abraham. About he was the very first point right off the bat. Blessed to be a blessing. And you know that he people, God gave to Abraham and he blessed Abraham so that he in turn could bless others. Matter of fact, it says there, it says, I will bless thee 
And notice the end of the verse on verse 2, Genesis 12, 2, and thou shalt be a blessing. In other words, I'm going to give you something, and basically I'm going to give you a lineage. You know, and from you, all nations of the earth will be blessed, it says in our text. Well, we know that was referring to Jesus. Because of Jesus, Abraham's offspring way on down the line, everybody can go to heaven because of Jesus. So it's a, it's a great blessing. You know, and I think about every one of us do something for others. There are so many generous people in promised land. So many people that give of their time and their talents, their abilities. So many people go the extra mile. Uh, you know, I was visiting with uh, somebody, and you may have done this yourself. Have you ever uh, been to maybe a church in the city or a church somewhere uh, away from uh, maybe the south, if you will, and uh, say they don't practice that tradition of taking food to families uh, during a funeral? I know of churches where that, that tradition doesn't happen. It happens uh, in East Texas where I grew up. But it's something that has been a, something that many of us take for granted. We think that, but many of you do that. You help others. You go to, you call and check on people. Why? God has blessed you. Some of you are blessed with uh, uh, the ability to work hard. Some of you are blessed with a, a compassionate heart. You look for ways to help other people. You look for ways to encourage other people. And if you see somebody discouraged, you really feel a need to try to say something positive or encouraging to them. Now, there's, that's just in the flesh. The most encouraging thing you can do is share your faith with others. You know, and thinking about what Abraham did, you know, as we look down, if you still have your Bible open to Genesis 12, in verse 3, this blessing is continued. It says, uh, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So basically he laid out the plan, Abraham, this is what you have to do. So I want to share with you, blessed to be a blessing, and I want you to, uh, if you think promised land has been blessed, say amen. Oh boy, that was, y'all weren't ready, were you? I caught you off guard. If you think promised land has been blessed, say amen. amen. That's a little bit louder, okay? Y'all are starting to wake up, okay? So this is participation morning, okay? We have been blessed. If, uh, and many of you know you've been blessed. You've been blessed, you know, and so basically God's saying to you this morning, I've blessed you. There are very few in our church that are uh, unemployed. Mm -hmm. You may, and or that doesn't have some sort of income. As Frances shared, how that she's she mentioned while well, ago, fixed income. And I was picking at my dad, and uh, he said, "Well, Michael, I've joined the ranks of the fixed income." After he retired, I said, "Dad." I know your income. <laughs> you and uh, you're you're doing okay. <laughs> I said it is fixed, by the way. 
but you're doing okay. He has a, uh, of course, his Social Security comes in, and then he has his retirement check that comes in uh, from the state of Texas. So everything's supposed to be bigger and better in Texas, right, Dad? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, the state's taking care of you. And uh, so he's joining the rank, but, you know, but Dad, you know, we were talking about that this morning, matter of fact, about, I don't know how the subject came up, but we got on tithing. And he said for many years, he said, and back when he was saved, early in, in his life, he didn't know about time. He wasn't raised to time. Okay? And so he, he said the Lord just led him in what to do. And that's all anybody should pray about. Just pray about God will lead you in what to do. But he was, and then he said, man, I started giving away. I started giving. I started giving. And it's like, I'm, I'm still having the same stuff. You know, so I'm giving. And I still have the same. I just didn't understand it. I said, that's just cool. That's just, and it's what, and neat the way God works that out. And so think about this. Now the whole point of this whole conversation that I'm having with you right now is that God has given something to you. Now He's asking you to do something with it. He's given you whatever you want to say. Well, He's given me a fixed income. He's given me a job. He's given me a husband that works. He's given me a family that cares. Or you say, you may be unemployed and you have three kids. You don't know how you feed them. But guess what? God's given you three kids. Or whatever the number is. You look at God has given. So He's given you whatever He's given you in life. And now He wants you to obey. To do, be obedient with what God has given you. And so look at verse 4. What, what does verse 4 say? Genesis 12, 4? It says, so Abraham did it. God said, get up, do it. And guess what verse 4 says? Abraham got up and went. Notice how it says it. He departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now I want you to flip. You see the reference in your Bible? This gets really... Hebrews elaborates... A lot on what people were thinking. As a matter of fact, we find out that uh, what Abraham was thinking about whenever he had to offer Isaac. But here in this text, Hebrews 11, 8 and 9, notice it goes a little further than Genesis. And basically it's just adding commentary. A lot of people think Genesis chapter 2 is another creation. It's not. Genesis 1 is the creation Genesis 2 is just a commentary on the creation. This Hebrews 11 is the same thing. It's a commentary of what happened back in Genesis. Notice in uh, Hebrews 11.8. So Abraham, or excuse me, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and guess what? And he went out not knowing where he went. I remember, how many of you, this is going to be easy, Remember the days before GPS. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time Karen and I were traveling to a preacher appointment. To a preaching. She's not preaching, I am. And uh, she was preaching to me in the car, okay? Because, you know, I was the typical man early in our marriage. We just had one child back then. It's easy to parent when, whenever you have one child. You know if something happens, you know who did it, okay? And, uh, but... Uh, it's still a, a challenge to parent one child, but it's easy to know what happened. All right. 
But I'm in there and I'm in the car. We have Taylor in the back. We're headed to a preaching appointment. She says, you need to stop and ask for directions. I know where I'm going. I know. I do. I don't know. Four or five U-turns. You need to stop and ask for directions. It's right up here. I guarantee you. Finally, after I'm late, 30 minutes, you know, typical man. I'm just being the typical man. I don't want to. I want to find it on my own. You know, and so I don't want to ask for 4G. Now the GPS is just lie to you, okay? Or they'll send you to Timbuktu and finally you get there, okay? After you go all the way around the country or wherever it takes you. Some people love them. I'm not a real big fan of them. I like the old-fashioned Walmart Atlas. You know, I want to see exactly where... I want to see the red road and the blue road and the green road, okay? I'm a little old-fashioned. I just... Okay, the GPSs are cool if you don't have a... Atlas with you, okay? We got phones and all this. But guess what? After I look and I see the directions on the GPS, turn it off. I got it memorized, okay? I don't want to ask. Guess what? Abraham's a typical man because he headed out, and guess what? He didn't know where he was going. <laughs> so, guess what? We have an excuse. If the next time your wife bugs you to stop and ask for directions, Abraham didn't ask for directions. It says it right there. It says it like he said, um, he went out, headed out. What does it say? Not knowing where he's going. Of course, God was his GPS eventually. And uh, so, it says it right there. So, not only that, the whole point of this, the whole point is God said, you're comfortable living in Ashley County. You're comfortable living Wherever you're living, Abraham, I've got a place I need you to move to where I'm going to raise my people. Well, I don't know. We've got retirement. We got this. We got the corn coming in. We got get up, Abraham. Get up out of your seat, off your lazy boy recliner, and get to moving. The whole point of this is it says in Genesis and in Hebrews. Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed. Now, I'm not saying that God's asking you to move. This is an example for us. So when God is leading you to do something, you have a choice. We have a choice, Chuck. We we can obey or we can tell God, Sayonara, see you later. I don't think I'm interested. I'm not signing up for this. Preacher's preaching on giving money. I think he needs to change the subject. Okay, but it's not about money. It's about giving of what you have. Or, more accurately, what God lays upon your heart. Just simply being obedient with what you have. Get, head to James, James chapter 2. Just, just a couple pages over if you were in uh, Hebrews 11. Now we have three things that we're going to hit really quick. Faith to act, faith to preach, and faith to sin. I need to have faith. We need to have faith to do all these things. Now, Abraham's a great example. He was blessed to what? To be a blessing. So, James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. We're just going to kind of break it down here. As a matter of fact, I have a miniature outline for you there. A, B, C, D. James chapter 2, verse 14. Let's fly. You ready? Buckle up. Here we go. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit my brethren, brethren, my brothers, 
Though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Oh, you know, preacher, I'm saved and I've been a member of this church longer than you've been alive. Well, talking does nothing. James says, if you say, I have faith, I have faith, I'm saved, I'm a member, I'm, da, 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 da. I'm not speaking in tongues, I'm mumbling. <laughs> All right, this is a Baptist church. But guess what? You can talk till the cows come home. Karen and I have seen the cows come home before. We know. All right, so, I mean, you know, we were one day and all of a sudden everybody in Romania opened their gates and the cows came out of the field and they came home. And they put them up at night in their house, okay, in a little old little stall. And then they opened up in the morning and the cows went out in the field to get fields owned by the government. It was kind of interesting. And uh, But guess what? You can talk, 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 talk according to James 2, verse 14. Just saying something doesn't mean diddly. Okay? And you know what that meant, alright? James chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Okay, so you say you're saved. You say you have faith. In saying you're... In James, when it says, if a man says he has faith, that means I'm saved and I know Jesus. Uh, if, if there's no fruit, you're probably not saved. Okay? You say, well, I don't know about I mean, you got no. It's just the Bible says if a, if a fruit tree is real, it'll produce fruit. If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of and one of you say unto them, uh, "Hey, I'll pray for you." When it says, "Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled," notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So, in other words, he just uses an example right off the cuff. In other words, you say that you have the love of God inside of you. And you don't even share the love of God? I mean, I can't even find a... I mean, I'll go into my closet and you can have half the clothes in my closet if you want. I need the other half, okay? But, I, you know, the Bible says that give the jacket... That you have, give it, and you know you can get another one. Okay? You can come with me to school on Mondays. They're always giving away free clothes up there. As a matter of fact, I bring a lot of them to the warehouse down here. They have a deal up there at the church. It's kind of like a, a, a Goodwill, except it's free. And it's called the Mercy House. It's really cool. They're, they're at a seminary. Okay? And uh, But that's it. The whole point about showing mercy. In other words, somebody says they're saved, yet they do nothing for somebody else. The faith without works is dead. And then it goes on to say this. You know, matter of fact, we have Operation Christmas Child. It's a great way to help help other people out. We have Faith Promise. It's a great way to help. And you're, you're talking about $1 a week, $2 a week, $5 a week. You say, well, it's not much, but it's something it's something extra above a tithe. And it's amazing how God will take that like the bread and the fish and it just multiplies. And it's really awesome. Okay? And then, you know, the matter of fact, if you do this for other people, if you say, you know what, I want to participate in Operation Christmas Child and I can't afford to do but uh, a one box, but I'll do a box. Or I can't afford to do... This or I can't, but it's fine. Just do do what you kind of like Miss Francis was sharing. Do what you can. If you help other people, Jesus said in Matthew twenty five, it's the same as helping me. Notice here, these are 
this is talking about the judgment which will occur later, the judgment of the nations. So this judgment has not happened yet, but this is a really cool description of that judgment in, in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Matthew 25, 31. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them as one uh, from another as a shepherd divided the sheep from his goats, and He shall set the sheep on His right hand, the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on His right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. This is Jesus speaking to all these people. And, uh, and I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did that happen? When did we see you hungry and thirsty and all these things? And in prison we came unto thee. Notice verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren. When you help out somebody, Jesus said you're helping him. Just helping somebody. Because you're sharing the love of God in your heart. And guess what? You may help somebody out and they, they just don't even accept Jesus. They say, thank you. Man, I'm going to do with this what I want. But guess what? God says you, you did the right thing. Because it's not about what they do with what you give to them. It's about your heart when you give. Giving for the right reason. And matter of fact, then all the, the goats and they said, well, when did, why, why a second? What about all this? And he said in verse 41, Depart from me, you cursed, and everlasting fire. And it tells you right there that hell was not prepared originally for mankind. Hell was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. He said, I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. Basically, if you keep reading this, what is this? It's the same thing as James. I say I'm saved, yet I, ever, I never do anything for Jesus. I never do. I really don't go the extra mile. I really don't give the extra. So this is, again, it's not about how much a person does. It's about your heart when you do it. Okay? And then faith to preach. Of course, I'm just going to refer to 1 Corinthians 1. It says that Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Because the foolishness of preaching. It's about proclaiming. Did you know you can preach? You may, all it means is to proclaim. Just to proclaim. Preach, share with others. Now, there's a difference between just preaching and called to pastor church. Now, the Bible has roles and specifics about that. But just preaching, just telling others. that You know what I mean. But just, preaching means to proclaim. And you can preach the good news. The good news. It's good news. I get excited. A baby is born. It's good news. Somebody got healed of cancer. It's good news. Somebody is sick, but they're not sick anymore. It's good news. Get excited. You know, Arkansas scores a touchdown. It's good news. <laughs> it's good news. They didn't score enough of them, but uh, it's good news. It's good news. All of you have good news, but the best news is about Jesus. 
And that's what He wants you to share. So there's all kinds of good news, but then there's the best good news. Alright? But I do want you to look at Romans chapter 10. Romans, this is, a, this is our hope. Matter of fact, I put it in there. Notice, if, you're, if you have your bulletin out, it says our whole goal of promised land. And I put an assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's another way to say a church. <laughs> this is the whole purpose of promised land wrapped up in a simple statement. In Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 9, it says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. In other words, I say I'm saved and believe in your heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. You are saved. And then it describes it, verse 10, For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. The Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. I'll share it. Verse 12, there's no difference. Anybody can be saved no matter what nation you're from, Jew or Greek. Verse 13, anybody, God wants everybody to be saved. That's what verse 13 says, Jew or Greek. Verse 14, how then shall they call upon Him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's your job. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that the pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's you. You're the saint. If you're saved and a member of one of the Lord's churches, are you equipped? Will you share? Verse 15, How shall they preach except they be sent? How beautiful are the feet of them which preach. Look at my feet. Aren't they gorgeous? <laughs> That's a metaphor. I'm not going to take off my socks. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> it means somebody bringing good news. Back then, they didn't have instant messaging cell phones. Good news was hard to come by. And when somebody, you heard pitter-patter of somebody coming up and they're coming to visit you. And I haven't seen them in forever. Nowadays, we see each other, or at least we hear from each other all the time, don't we? How beautiful are the feet of them. But they have not all obeyed, obeyed the gospel. And then verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If we want to be a church that pleases God, we must reproduce ourselves. Sheep beget sheep. Sheep beget sheep. And... Uh, Let's head to Acts real quick, real quick. Doing great. Now, in a minute, we're about to have the invitation. So I'm going to go ahead and prepare before you start closing your Bible. So your Bible needs to be open to Acts 11 and Acts 13. They're a couple of pages apart. Before you start doing that, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And uh, after the invitation... Uh, you can want to have some people standing at the doors, and if you filled out a card, you can drop it in a, in a plate. But uh, and we'll uh, share that with the church tonight. But uh, just drop the card, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Right now, if you say, you know what, I, I've I've been 
I know I'm saved, Brother Michael, but I haven't been living it. That's the whole point. James, Hebrews, all of these Scriptures. I know I'm saved, Brother Michael, I just haven't been living it. And that's it. And God says, you know what, if you're not living it, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to start snipping. You know what that means? I'm going to start pruning. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to start pruning your life if you don't produce fruit. And it's all about saying, I know, Lord, and just tell Him this morning, God, I know I'm saved, but I haven't been living it. And that's all He wants. And if we want to reproduce ourselves, the very first time this ever happened was a church reproducing itself. Acts chapter 11, or at least recorded in the Scripture, Acts eleven nineteen, It says that there was a bunch of people scattered abroad because of the persecution about Stephen. And some of the men of... Uh, Cyprus and Serene, uh, when they were come to Antioch, they spake unto the Grecians preaching Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then, guess what? This good news came unto the church in, in Jerusalem, verse 22. And notice what they did. They sent forth Barnabas. So, folks, when a church sends out a man, guess what we did with Brother Joel? We sent out a man. You know, if we're here and we're just giving the missions, that's kind, of, that's kind of good. That's pretty good. And we give the missions, thank the Lord. But when you actually send a man, did you know our church is reproducing? When we send, pardon me, send a man out. Matter of fact, it happened again in Acts 13, verse 1 through 3. So they're praying, they're hanging out in Antioch. Oh, by the way, guess what? The same Antioch you just read about in Acts 11. And now guess what Acts, Guess what the church in Antioch is doing? They're doing the same thing. Anybody, hey, the Lord has laid it on my heart that you're going to the mission field. That's kind of opposite the way we do it today. But that's what, exactly what happens. Separate out Paul, actually Saul, and Barnabas. And, uh, and notice what the Bible says in verse 3. Acts 13, 3. They sent them they sent them talking about fruit the greatest evidence that you're saying is that you want to share Jesus with others that's the greatest evidence you want to share your testimony you want to share about what Jesus has done for you. About what Jesus has done for you. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I come to you this morning thanking you for the blessings that you've given to our church. And, Father, I pray that you would Just lay it upon our heart and what to do, how to respond to your Holy Spirit. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.